volume one chapter fourteen of travels in the interior of africa by mungo park this librivox recording is in the public domain journey continued arrival at wara it is impossible to describe the joy that arose in my mind when i looked around and concluded that i was out of danger i felt like one recovered from sickness i breathed freer i found unusual lightness in my limbs even the desert looked pleasant and i dreaded nothing so much as falling in with some wandering parties of moors who might convey me back to the land of thieves and murderers from which i had just escaped i soon became sensible however that my situation was very deplorable for i had no means of procuring food nor prospect of finding water about ten o'clock perceiving a herd of goats feeding close to the road i took a circuitous route to avoid being seen and continued travelling through the wilderness directing my course by compass nearly east-south-east in order to reach as soon as possible some town or village of the kingdom of bambara a little afternoon when the burning heat of the sun was reflected with double violence from the hot sand and the distant bridges of the hills seen through the ascending vapour seemed to wave and fluctuate like the unsettled sea i became faint with thirst and climbed a tree in hopes of seeing distant smoke or some other appearance of human habitation but in vain nothing appeared all around but thick underwood and hillocks of white sand about four o'clock i came suddenly upon a large herd of goats and pulling my horse into a bush i watched to observe if the keepers were moors or negroes in a little time i perceived two moorish boys and with some difficulty persuaded them to approach me they informed me that the herd belonged to ali and that they were going to dina where the water was more plentiful and where they intended to stay until the rain had filled the pools in the desert they showed me their empty water skins and told me that they had seen no water in the woods this account afforded me but little consolation however it was in vain to repine and i pushed on as fast as possible in hopes of reaching some watering place in the course of the night my thirst was by this time becoming insufferable my mouth was parched and inflamed a sudden dimness would frequently come over my eyes with other symptoms of fainting and my horse being very much fatigued i began seriously to apprehend that i should perish of thirst to relieve the burning pain in my mouth and throat i chewed the leaves of different shrubs but found them all bitter and of no service to me a little before sunset having reached the top of a gentle rising i climbed a high tree from the topmost branches of which i cast a melancholy look over the barren wilderness but without discovering the most distant trace of a human dwelling the same dismal uniformity of shrubs and sand everywhere presented itself 
and the horizon was a, as level and uninterrupted as that of the sea descending from the tree i found my horse devouring the stubble and brushwood with great avidity and as i was now too faint to attempt walking and my horse too much fatigued to carry me i thought it but an act of humanity and perhaps the last i should ever have in my power to perform to take off his bridle and let him shift for himself in doing what i was suddenly affected with sickness and giddiness and falling upon the sand felt as if the hour of death was fast approaching here then thought i after a short but ineffectual struggle terminate all my hopes of being useful in my day and generation here must the short span of my life come to an end i cast as i believed a last look on the surrounding scene and whilst i reflected on the awful change that was about to take place this world with its enjoyment seemed to vanish from my recollection nature however at length resumed its functions and on recovering my senses i found myself stretched upon the sand with the bridle still in my hand and the sun just sinking behind the trees i now summoned all my resolution and determined to make another effort to prolong my existence and as the evening was somewhat cool i resolved to travel as far as my limbs would carry me in hopes of reaching my only resource a watering place with this view i put the bridle on my horse and driving him before me went slowly along for about an hour when i perceived some lightning from the northeast a most delightful sight for it promised rain the darkness and lightning increased very rapidly and in less than an hour i heard the wind roaring among the bushes i had already opened my mouth to receive the refreshing drops which i expected but i was instantly covered with a cloud of sand driven with such a force by the wind as to give a very disagreeable sensation to my face and arms and i was obliged to mount my horse and stop under a bush to prevent being suffocated the sand continued to fly in amazing quantities for nearly an hour after which i again set forward and travelled with difficulty until ten o'clock about this time i was agreeably surprised by some very vivid flashes of lightning followed by a few heavy drops of rain in a little time the sand ceased to fly and i alighted and spread out all my clean clothes to collect the rain which at length i saw would certainly fall for more than an hour it rained plentifully and i quenched my thirst by wringing and sucking my clothes there being no moon it was remarkably dark so that i was obliged to lead my horse and direct my way by the compass which the lightning enabled me to observe in this manner i travelled with tolerable expectation until past midnight when the lightning becoming more distant i was under the necessity of groping along 
to the no small danger of my hands and eyes about two o'clock my horse started at something and looking round i was not a little surprised to see a light at a short distance among the trees and supposing it be a town i groped along the sand in hopes of finding cornstalks cotton or other appearances of cultivation but found none as i approached i perceived a number of other lights in different places and began to suspect that i had fallen upon a party of moors however in my present situation i was resolved to see who they were if i could do it with safety i accordingly led my horse cautiously towards the light and heard by the lowing of the cattle and the clamorous tongues of the herdsmen that it was a watering place and most likely belonged to the moors delightful as the sound of a human voice was to me i resolved once more to strike into the woods and rather run the risk of perishing of hunger than to trust myself again in their hands but being still thirsty and dreading the approach of the burning day i thought it prudent to search for the wells which i expected to find at no great distance in this purpose i inadvertently approached so near to one of the tents as to be perceived by a woman who immediately screamed out two people came running to her assistance from some of the neighboring tents and passed so very near to me that i thought i was discovered and hastened again into the woods about a mile from this place i heard a loud and confused noise somewhere to the right of my course and in a short time was happy to find it was the croaking of frogs which was heavenly music to my ears i followed the sound and at daybreak arrived at some shallow muddy pools so full of frogs that it was difficult to discern the water the noise they made frightened my horse and i was obliged to keep them quiet by beating the water with a branch until he had drunk having here quenched my thirst i ascended a tree and the morning being calm i soon perceived the smoke of the watering place which i had passed in the night and observed another pillar of smoke east southeast distant twelve or fourteen miles towards this i directed my route and reached the cultivated ground a little before eleven o'clock where seeing a number of negroes at work planting corn i inquired the name of the town and was informed that it was a fula village belonging to ali called shrilla i had now some doubts about entering it but my horse being very much fatigued and the day growing hot not to mention the pangs of hunger which began to assail me i resolved to venture and accordingly rode up to the duty's house where i was unfortunately denied admittance and could not obtain even a handful of corn either for myself or horse turning from this inhospitable door i rode slowly out of the town and perceiving some low scattered huts without walls i directed my route towards them knowing that in africa 
as well as in europe hospitality does not always prefer the highest dwellings at the door of one of these huts an old motherly-looking woman sat spinning cotton i made signs to her that i was hungry and inquired if she had any victuals with her in the hut she immediately laid down her distaff and desired me in arabic to come in when i had seated myself upon the floor she set before me a dish of couscous that had been left the preceding night of which i made a tolerable meal and in return for this kindness i gave her one of my pocket handkerchiefs begging at the same time a little corn for my horse which she readily brought me whilst my horse was feeding the people began to assemble and one of them whispered something to my hostess which very much excited her surprise though i was not well acquainted with the fula language i soon discovered that some of the men wished to apprehend and carry me back to ali in hopes i suppose of receiving a reward i therefore tied up the corn and lest any one should suspect i had run away from the moors i took northerly direction and went cheerfully along driving my horse before me followed by all the boys and girls of the town when i had travelled about two miles and got quit of all my troublesome attendants i struck again into the woods and took shelter under a large tree where i found it necessary to rest myself a bundle of twigs serving me for a bed and my saddle for a pillow july fourth at daybreak i pursued my course through the woods as formerly saw numbers of antelopes wild hogs and ostriches but the soil was more hilly and not so fertile as i found it the preceding day about eleven o'clock i ascended an eminence where i climbed a tree and discovered at about eight miles distance an open part of the country with several red spots which i concluded were cultivated land and directing my course that way came to the precincts of a watering place about one o'clock from the appearance of the place i judged it to belong to the fulas and was hopeful that i should meet a better reception than i had experienced at shrilla in this i was not deceived for one of the shepherds invited me to come into his tent and partake of some dates this was one of those low fula tents in which there is room just sufficient to sit upright and in which the family the furniture etc seemed huddled together like so many articles in a chest when i had crept upon my hands and knees into this humble habitation i found that it contained a woman and three children who together with the shepherd and myself completely occupied the floor a dish of boiled corn and dates was produced and the master of the family as is customary in this part of the country first tasted it himself and then desired me to follow his example whilst i was eating the children kept their eyes fixed upon me 
and no sooner did the shepherd pronounce the word nazanari than they began to cry and their mother crept slowly towards the door out of which she sprang like a greyhound and was instantly followed by her children so frightened were they at the very name of a christian that no entreaties could induce them to approach the tent here i purchased some corn for my horse in exchange for some brass buttons and having thanked the shepherd for his hospitality struck again into the woods at sunset i came to a road that took the direction for bambera and resolved to follow it for the night but about eight o'clock hearing some people coming from the southward i thought it prudent to hide myself among some thick bushes near the road as these thickets are generally full of wild beasts i found my situation rather unpleasant sitting in the dark holding my horse by the nose with both hands to prevent him from neighing and equally afraid of the natives without and the wild beasts within my fears however were soon dissipated for the people after looking round the thicket and perceiving nothing went away and i hastened to the more open parts of the wood where i pursued my journey east southeast until past midnight when the joyful cry of frogs induced me once more to deviate a little from my route in order to quench my thirst having accomplished this from a large pool of rainwater i sought for an open place with a single tree in the midst under which i made my bed for the night i was disturbed by some wolves towards morning which induced me to set forward a little before day and having passed a small village called wasilita i came about ten o'clock july fifth to a negro town called walra which properly belongs to carta but was at this time tributary to mansong king of bambara End of Volume 1, Chapter 14 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.